if you will, open them with me to the book of Judges. Amen. The book of Judges. Judges, the sixth chapter. And um, if it's been a minute or two since you've opened to the book of Judges, uh, look for Joshua and or Ruth. And uh, Judges is kind of sandwiched right in there between them. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Praise God. And um, we're going to continue our study on the subject of the blessing, being redeemed from the curse of the law and because Jesus became a curse for us. And, uh, but I wanted to look at this account from the Old Testament and let it serve as an introduction, maybe even as a backdrop for the things that we're going to be talking about today. Amen. I see some new faces this morning, guests with us, welcome. Make yourself right at home. We're glad you're here. A lot of wonderful churches in, in this area, and so we're honored that you chose to come and be with us today. Amen. Judges chapter 6, let's jump in at verse number 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abazrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Now, just to give you a little background information here, the Midianites have laid siege to um, God's people. And when it says Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press, um, threshing wheat was you know, separating the wheat from the chaff. That was normally something you did outside. But they were trying to hide it from their enemy, the Midianites, because the Midianites were coming and stealing their lunch money, if you will, taking their food from them, bullying them. And so he's threshing wheat in a wine press to try to conceal it from the Midianites. And this is what's going on when the angel of the Lord came and sat down to talk. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, verse 12, appeared to Gideon and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites." Then the Lord turned and said to him, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Now, there's a lot of history here. There's, there's a lot of background here that we're going to, um, you know, just set aside this morning. I'm not here to try to necessarily teach exhaustively on these things. What it is that I'm wanting you to see this morning is that Gideon believed he was one thing while God was saying he was something else altogether. God was saying that Gideon was a mighty man of valor, that God was with him, and that because God was with him, that was enough for 
Gideon to go and defeat the Midianites as one man. Not even, you wouldn't even have to have an army. Now, if, if you think that to be an exaggeration, remember Samson and what he did to the Philistines as one man. So that's not a reach for God that one man can take on an entire nation and be victorious. Now, the Israeli army joined in with little David. Um, But if you remember, when David went to face Goliath and Goliath began to speak negatively and evil towards him, David said, not only am I going to take your head off when I'm through with you, he pointed to the Philistine army behind him and he said, I'm I'm going to deliver their carcasses to the birds of the air as well today. Now, David didn't know if Israel was going to join him or not, but notice the Spirit of God was on him and and, and he was going, amen, to, um, to take them on as one man. Now, but let's get back to what I think is one of the key points of, of this account. When the Lord says to Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor, he points to what's going on around him, the circumstances that he's facing, the, the, the conditions of things in the natural or physical realm, And he points to those things as evidence that what the Lord is saying isn't true. He he even doubles down on that um, argument by pointing out that his clan is the least of all the clans and his family is the least of all the families in that clan and he's the least of all the members of his family. In other words, he's saying... I'm a nobody from a family of nobodies from a, from a clan of nobodies. Again, notice he's, he's coming to these conclusions based upon the circumstances, based upon what's been happening, based upon um, you know, the, the past experiences, based upon the, 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 the record, if you will, of, of his experiences. But if you'll notice, every time he brings one of those arguments, one of those objections, the Lord doesn't back down. The Lord doesn't say something like, oh man, you're, I'm sorry, Gideon. I, I thought I had another guy named Gideon. I, I'm looking for somebody. What is your address anyway? Maybe I'm at the wrong house. There's no way. In other words, the Lord doesn't back down. The Lord the Lord just pushes even further. In other words, the, the more Gideon says he's not, the more God says he is. The more Gideon says he can't, the more God says he can. The, the more extreme Gideon, uh, you, know, you know, conditions that Gideon points to, to, to say that, that there's no way this is, is, can be right, we see that the Holy Spirit, you know, God speaking now is, is, is pushing it even further. He, I mean, he says, look, not only are you a mighty man of valor, not only can you do these things, not only is God with you, you can defeat the entire nation as one man. Good, 
You've heard me say it for years. The best advice I can ever give anybody is agree with God and agree with him quickly. If he says you can, quit telling him you can't. If he says you are, pardon the English, quit telling him you ain't. Amen. If God says this is what's true about you, and this is what you can do because it is, then the most important thing for you to do is to agree with him. Now the classic mistake that Gideon made is the classic mistake people are still making today. We look at the circumstances, we look at the symptoms, we look at the conditions, we look at what I call sense realm evidence. It's not that we can't hear what God is saying. It's not that we don't understand what he's saying. It's just we look at what he's saying and we look at what's going on and we compare the two together and we say there's no way what you're saying can be right because of this. We think in order for what God is saying to be true, the conditions, the circumstances around us have to agree with it. But what we fail to factor in by looking at it that way is that God is not ignorant of the circumstances. He's not ignorant of the conditions. It's not like God doesn't know the predicament that Gideon and his family and for that matter his whole nation are in. Father understands all those things perfectly well. Matter of fact, he understands it better than Gideon does. But when God comes and says, you're a mighty man of valor, I am with you, you'll defeat the Midianites as one man. It's not that God is ignorant of the circumstances or the conditions that, that Gideon is dealing with. It's that, it's that God has come with the answer. Father, Father has come with what will, will change all of that, put an end to all of that, what will, will bring prosperity where there's lack, what will bring healing where there's sickness, bring deliverance where there's, where there's bondage, bring, bring confidence and, 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 and soundness of heart and mind where there's depression and, and anxiety and stress. The Father understands these things. It's not that he's ignorant of them. It's just that's not what he's focused on. If he's focused on it at all, he's focused on changing it. He's focusing on reversing it. And you, you can't change the problem with the problem. I'm not saying we should be ignorant of the problem. And faith is not denying a problem. But again, you, the answer's not in the problem. And so he walks in. Father, you know, God shows up and he begins to say these things. And Gideon doesn't see himself as a mighty man of valor. Remember what he's doing. He's threshing wheat in the wine press because he doesn't want the Midianite bullies to take his lunch money from him. He's, he's hiding. He's, he's faithless. He's, he's acting like a coward. And he has no idea who he is. Now, in case you haven't put two and two together, let me remind you who Gideon is. He's a descendant of Father Abraham. He has a covenant with God. A covenant of blessing. A covenant of protection. A covenant that would empower and enable him to stand against any threat, to overcome any obstacle, and to be victorious over any enemy. This is the blessing that is upon Gideon, but Gideon is ignorant of it. Gideon has become so 
um, focused on the circumstances and the conditions and, and the dilemma that he finds himself in that he's lost sight of his true identity and he's lost sight of who he really is in God. He's lost sight of the, of the blessing that's upon him to empower him and to enable him. Remember what, remember what the, that blessing on, of Abraham that, that God came by covenant that God made with Abraham. Whoever blesses you, I'll bless, but whoever curses you is gonna have to deal with me, right? And so now the Midianites are, are, have become a curse. They've become a burden. They've become a threat. They, they've become, an, uh, uh, you know, uh, literally, um, we say just an enemy. You, you can have an enemy that, that leaves you alone. This is, a, this is an enemy that is stealing from them and, and abusing them. And, and yet, and I know sometimes this is, <clears throat> please hear me. This is another classic mistake that Gideon made that people still make today. I'm sure Gideon, based on what he said the first time, is wanting to know why God hadn't done something about it already. <clears throat> Let's read it again. Verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, O Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Notice now, not only is he wondering why God hadn't done something about it. He's actually crossed another bridge of ignorance. He believes that God is the reason why the Midianites are doing this to him. And so he says to him that he's a mighty man of valor. Verse 14 is a key verse. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? Now, again, think about what's going on here. Gideon's wanting to know why God hasn't done something about it. And God is like, I'm trying to do something about it, Gideon. I've given you the blessing. I've given you uh, the, the might. I've, I've given you the ability. And now go in this might of yours. See, God is seeing him as a mighty man of valor. An, an unstoppable, unconquerable, um, formidable uh, opponent to the Midianites. That is not how Gideon is seeing himself. Gideon is seeing himself as a loser. Gideon is seeing himself as a nobody. Now, <clears throat> we've been studying the subject of faith on Wednesday nights now for some time. And to be honest with you, I don't, I don't really see any end to that study. I, it'll carry us over into the new year, I'm sure, of that. And one of the things that I want to encourage you to do as you study the scriptures is I, is I want you to look for the faith. In Hebrews 11, that chapter is often referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame. 
And in that chapter, it talks about so many of these heroes of faith from the Old Testament. And it talks about what they did by faith. In some cases, it's pretty obvious. But in other cases, you look back on it and faith may not be explicitly stated. Do you understand the difference between implied, implicit, and explicit? Right, so explicit is like in your face. Implicit, it means it's implied, but it, the word faith may not necessarily be used there. Let me give you an example from the New Testament. Jesus is asleep in the boat, a windstorm is starting to rock, not only rock the boat, but it's starting to fill the boat with water. The disciples accuse him of not caring that they're about to die, okay? I'm sure, you know, it's like, can you imagine somebody you love and have done so much for coming to you and you don't even care that I'm dying, right? And it was, that's the attitude that they had. Jesus is asleep. Obviously, he is not stressed out. The peace of God, come on now, is keeping his heart and mind. And so they wake him up and he speaks to the wind and to the storm and it, it ceases. And then he says, where is your faith? Right? Where is your faith? Now, sometimes I think we miss that Jesus operated on this earth as a man by faith. In other words, Jesus stopped that storm by faith. And you look for the faith. In other words, you see the faith because then Jesus turns to them and says, where is Where's yours? In other words, let me, let me give you what's the connection here. He's saying, that was my faith, where's yours? My faith did that, your faith could have done that. Where is your faith? Your faith could have stopped this and let me keep sleeping. Amen. Let me go ahead and state the obvious. I apologize for the breath pops, that little black looking little thing that sits on top of this microphone. I'm not sure where it is, amen. The Holy Spirit will help me find it, praise God. Or we'll buy another one, amen. Are you good? I know I'm a little bit subdued this morning. I'm trying to just lay some stuff out here for you, all right? So when I say find the faith, find the faith, where's the faith? The faith here, again, is when he says, go in this might of yours. How does faith work? Faith comes by hearing, faith by hearing, okay? Faith by hearing. Let me, can I, can I just show you something? Because Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. So if, just hear me out. I'm, I'm, I'm using the if strategically there. If Gideon was not a mighty man of valor before, the minute God said you're a mighty man of valor, he just became one. He just became one. If God says, you're a mighty man of valor, you're a mighty man of valor. Even if you weren't before, the minute he said to you, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor, he just became a mighty man of valor because God said he was. This is the same God that said, let there be light, and there was light. If God can say, let there be light, and light comes, light be, amen, light was, light is, then he can say, Gideon, mighty man of valor, and Gideon became a mighty man of valor. So we see that faith works because, again, faith 
God's given to every man or woman the measure of faith. Faith is awakened and aroused in our hearts, right? Brought out of slumber in our hearts by hearing the Word of God. Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So God says, you're a mighty man of valor. Gideon gives him all of his arguments. And then he just acts like Gideon didn't even say any of that. Because none of that, it's not that what Gideon said wasn't... I say it wasn't true. In other words, again, Gideon is focused on what's the circumstances. Father's not focused on the circumstances. It's not that he's not, it's not that he doesn't know the circumstances, but that's not, that's, he's come to change the circumstances, not focus on, wallow in, endlessly debate. Remember the guy that he was born blind and the disciples wanted to debate why? Was it because he sinned or was it because his parents sinned? I wonder what, um, you know. And Jesus looking at them was like, would y'all please cut all that out? This boy needs, he's, it's wrong that he can't see. It's time for him to see. See, we would rather sit there and discuss and debate and talk about. And, 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 and Father could have sat there and talked to him for two days about all those different things and why this and why that. But again, that's two more days the Midianites are terrorizing his people and Father's had enough. Just agree with God, Gideon, and agree with him quickly. So he says, y'all good? So he said, again, find the faith. Where's the faith? He says, mighty man of valor and he says, no, not me. And then he says, go in this might of yours. Do you see, again, how does faith work? We hear, but then faith without works is dead. Faith without follow through, faith without a corresponding action, faith without actually stepping out on, you know, what you've heard and, and what God has, has said is true. Amen. If you never take that step, then faith can be brought to the surface in your heart. But if it's, if it's never acted upon, it's, it's unable to produce the result that it could have otherwise produced in your life. So now, again, I'm showing you the faith. The faith is he heard it. Now it's time for him to act on it. Now it's time for him to go in this might that God said he has. Amen. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. We've got a few more minutes. You good? All right, let's go to Galatians 3. So I want you to take that background. And let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Amen. Luke, you're doing a great job back there, buddy. Thank you. Amen. It's slide number four. You probably already found it. All right. Caleb, is that you back there too? All right. Give our media booth team a hand this morning. Aren't they doing a great job? Brother Daryl back there. Brother Greg back there. Amen. I probably should have told you about the windscreen, Greg, beforehand. I hope I hadn't been trying to, trying to figure out why it sounds different this morning. So thank you, brother. All right. Galatians chapter three, verse 13. Have you found it? All right, it says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, 
For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, there's some review and some other comments that I, I want to make associated with this, but I might just save some of that for tonight. Let me, let's go back now to Gideon. Remember, God said that Gideon was a mighty man of valor, and Gideon said, no, I'm not. And God says, go in this might of yours. And Gideon says, I'm a nobody from a nobody family and a nobody clan. And God says, I'm with you, and that's the difference, and that's all that's needed and you can go defeat the Midianites as one man. And again, the classic mistake was Gideon looked at what was going on around him and he kept looking at those things and heard what God said, but looked at the circumstances and the two didn't line up. And so he said, there's no way what God is saying can be true. Yet what God was saying was absolutely true. Okay. It keeps jumping up in my spirit, so let me do it right quick, okay? And for those of you who already know this, then we'll just water it in your hearts. For those of you who, who don't know this yet, let me plant this in your heart, okay? This really, this was a good, good day for me when the Lord showed me these things, okay? It really helped put some things in perspective in my life, and it, it has made a tremendous difference in so many areas of my life to understand, are you ready? that there is a difference between fact and truth. There is a difference between something that is a fact and something that is the truth, okay? Was it a fact that the Midianites were a menace? Was it a fact that um, Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press? Was it a fact that they were under siege? Was it a, all of those things were facts. Was it a fact that you know, Gideon wasn't of rock star status in Israel. In, in other words, that not, you know, many people even knew who he was. He, he, he what, you, you find that, in other words, I don't, this is kind of how I relate to things, and, and this is a bizarre way of doing it, just bear with me, right? Um, when Gideon was saying all that about, I'm the least in my family, I'm the least in this, in other words, in his, in his senior high school yearbook, he may have only had one photograph in there. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Amen. Okay. So all, all of that, all of those things were facts. But now God walked up in the middle of all those facts with the truth. Faith doesn't deny facts. Faith doesn't consider facts. Faith only considers truth. It was a fact that Sarah couldn't get pregnant when she was 20. It was a fact that she hadn't been able to conceive a child and now she's pushing 100. All of those things were facts, but the Bible says that Abraham did not consider those things anymore. He considered the promise of God. See, faith under... It's, it's, it's not, see, a lot of people think that faith is denial. Faith is not about denying a problem. And I think because we have that, that concept of faith, that faith is about pretending like a problem doesn't exist, that we have this attitude that faith is something real fragile and flimsy and weak. My friend, 
The Bible says faith is like a shield that will quench every fiery dart from the enemy. It's sturdy, my friend. Faith is sturdy. Faith is durable. Faith is tough. Faith will get in the face of the enemy. That shield, my friend, that, that was, that was the, the, the folks that had the shields were not on the back row cooking you know, soup for everybody that was fighting the battle, right? The, the, the shield was for the, for the men on the front row, on the front lines, engaging the enemy. And that's faith. Faith will walk up in the middle of an impossible situation and not flinch. Not deny. Faith is not about denying what a doctor said. But remember, who is the arm of the Lord revealed to? Isaiah 53. The arm of the, reveal, of the Lord is revealed to those who believe the report of the Lord. Who's believed the report of the Lord? Those are the ones that the arm of the Lord is revealed to. Now, let's look at Gideon. What was God's report to Gideon? God's report to Gideon was, you're a mighty man of valor. I'm with you, and because I'm with you, you'll defeat the Midianites as one man. So now go in this might of yours, and I'm with you. I'll go with you. That was the report of the Lord. Now, if you know the rest of the story, eventually Gideon stepped out on faith and went, and that's when the arm of the Lord was revealed. What does it mean revealed? He saw it for himself. He actually experienced the victory and enjoyed um, the victory over the Midianites, amen, that God gave to him. But if he had kept threshing wheat in the wine press, the arm of the Lord would have never been revealed to him, even though God said those things. Are you seeing this? So, remember, faith calls things that be not as though they were. A lot of people think that faith calls things that are as though they be not. That's denial. That's not how faith works. Faith recognizes that there's a, there's a diagnosis that, that in the natural doesn't look good, the alleged diagnosis, amen? But faith says, you know, no matter what the condition, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the symptoms, no matter what the sense realm evidence, that's, God knows that. So this is what he's given us as an answer to rise above those things overcome those things okay so now with with all of that I've got just a couple of minutes with all of that do you know what the word of the Lord is concerning your life you understand in other words it hasn't just been the angel of the Lord under the terebinth tree this is this is the son of God himself coming to this earth as a man now through the Holy Spirit has spoken through men of old, the apostles, and he's had some things to say about you. Amen. Amen. He, he, some things that may just may seem to be just as astounding as, as, as him telling Gideon that you're a mighty man of valor. He's had some things to say about you that are true. That are true. Let me ask you something. This verse, clearly, I know some of you are new to this study. He says that Jesus became a curse for you so that you could have the blessing of Abraham operating in your life. 
the curse was upon us. We, we were pinned under it. We couldn't get out from under it. Jesus came under it with us, lifted it off of us, and carried it away. And he did that because the blessing and the curse couldn't be upon us at the same time. He had to get the curse off of us so he could put the blessing upon us once again. My friend, make no mistake about it. When God created Adam and Eve and by default created all of us because we were in him in seed form when he created him. We were, you were, I was, we were created for blessing. What's that big word like mayonnaise? Conducive? <laughs> Amen. Blessing is conducive to you. Amen. Think, con think conducting, right? Rubber won't conduct electricity, but copper will. Copper will. And, 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 and being under a curse, it's, it's like, the, the ble it's like the, the, all the things that God wants to, to, to flow in and through your life Think of those things as electricity and think of that curse on your life being like rubber. It, 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 he can't get it to you. He can't get it in you. He can't get it through you. Amen. And so he lifted that off of you and then he put blessing upon you. Now, everything that he desires for you to experience, everything he desires to do through you and in you and for you and with you, it can now flow from him into you. The, the, no more curse. It's been removed from you. It's not as... It, it, it doesn't apply to you anymore, all right? And now you're blessed. Come on now, you're blessed. Ephesians 1 says it emphatically. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, let me ask you, and I'll, I'll finish right here, okay? Slide 33, Caleb, Luke. Do you believe you're blessed? Do you believe you are blessed? What about if you woke up with a ticket on your car this morning? I'm not going to embarrass him. One of our brothers lives downtown. He, he <laughs> Parking ticket. They said he was parked facing the wrong direction. Do you believe you're blessed this morning? Based on what? See, here's the mistake that a lot of people make, okay? If things are going well in their lives, they say they're blessed. When, when, when everything seems to be going their way and every, you know, got enough money for the month, we got, you know, uh, kids are behaving themselves, uh, you know, it's like, oh, pastor, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. All right, well, yes, you are. Do you still say you're blessed when things don't seem to be going your way? See, again, we, we, can't, we can't look at the conditions in our lives 
to try and figure out whether or not we're blessed. That's not, that's not faith, right? If we only say we're blessed when the conditions in our lives are favorable and, and there's something happening that's positive and we look at those things and we say, man, I'm blessed, right? See, it's when you're threshing wheat in the wine press and it seems like everything around you is against you and the word of the Lord says go in this blessing of yours go in this blessing of yours see I don't believe I'm blessed because there's good things happening in my life I believe I'm blessed because Jesus became a curse for me and has made me blessed no more than I believe I'm righteous only when I'm behaving well amen amen if I have a rough day and do some things I shouldn't do, say some things I shouldn't say, my righteousness is not based upon my behavior. My righteousness is based upon something Jesus made me. He made me something through the new birth that I could never make myself. He made me righteous. Righteousness by faith says I'm righteous when I'm obeying and I'm righteous when I'm disobeying because my righteousness is not based upon the circumstances in my life nor is it based upon my behavior. It's not based upon what I do but it's based upon what's done for me. In the same way, my friend, I'm blessed. I'm blessed when everything's going my way. I'm blessed when every tool I need is in the toolbox. I'm blessed when I only have to make one trip to Lowe's on a Saturday, and I'm blessed when I have to make seven trips to Lowe's on a Saturday. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I am blessed. Amen. It's, it has nothing to do with what's going Obviously, it affects what's going on in my life, but me believing I'm blessed has nothing to do with, what's, with what I'm experiencing in my life. Come on, singers and musicians. Amen. Do you realize that some people, when things are going really well in their lives, they can't enjoy things going well in their lives for worry, fear, and expectation of when the other shoe's going to drop? Can't even enjoy, you know, the blessing manifesting in their lives for fear and expectation. Well, you know, I mean, things have been going really well here for the last few weeks, so it's just a matter of time. Are you kidding me? Lord told me something really early this morning. He, he said that a lot of his people have more faith in the curse than they do the blessing. I said, Father, that's a strong statement. He said, I'm basing that on their expectations. More faith in the curse than the blessing. Are you blessed? Amen. Do you believe you're blessed? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Stand with me this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you, first of all, for our brother Gideon. I believe one day we'll get to talk with him on the other side. And Lord, we're not here to 
judge him or be critical of him because there's not a person in this room if we understand the story, Father, that hasn't in one way or another done exactly what Gideon did. But Father, I thank you this morning that as you stand among us, you're calling us mighty men and women. You, you're, you, when you are speaking to us this morning, you're speaking to those, Father, that you have put your blessing upon, your favor upon, and, and an unseen force from your world, Lord, that causes things to work to our advantage. And yet, Father, every gift, every gift that you've given must be received in order to be enjoyed. And so we receive this morning the truth concerning your blessing upon our lives. Father, forgive us for ever questioning or doubting. Forgive us, Father, for ever pointing to, to circumstances and things that didn't seem to work out in our favor, things that didn't seem to go our way and, and think that we're unlucky or somehow being punished or somehow still cursed because of mistakes that we made in the past. Jesus, you took the consequences for our sin, for our mistakes, and lifted them off of us so that we could be blessed, blessed once and for all and for all time. So Father, here we are again at the threshold of faith. Lord, what are we going to believe? Are we going to believe we're blessed because your word says we are? Or are we going to let our faith in you and your blessing upon us go up and down with the circumstances and situations and fluctuating things in our lives, Father? Lord, we, we're going to believe your truth that we're blessed, Father, over any fact that may seem to contradict it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, say, say this after me. Father God. Father God. I stand before you now. I stand before you now. As your son or daughter. As your son or daughter. And I acknowledge. I acknowledge that Jesus, that Jesus became a curse for me, became a curse for me. that he lifted it off of me, that he lifted off of me. and he carried it away from me, and away from me. So, that your blessing so that your blessing can now rest upon me. Can now rest upon me. So, Father, so Father, I confess, I confess with, my mouth with my mouth that I am blessed. I am blessed by you. I am blessed by you. Your blessing is upon me. Your blessing is upon me. You have blessed me. You have blessed me. With every spiritual blessing. With every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly places. In, the heavenly places. in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. So, I'm blessed. so I'm blessed. I'm blessed when it's obvious that I'm blessed. I'm blessed when it's obvious that I'm blessed. And I'm blessed when it's not so obvious. And I'm blessed when it's not so obvious. And I thank you for it. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing this together this morning before we're dismissed. Amen. If you would like someone to pray with you, these altars are open. We invite you to come. Amen.